In Florida Ag in Review for the week of July 27th, there's been a lot of moving and shaking going on in Washington recently, and we have this report with Senator Saxby Chambliss regarding the importance of speaking to your representatives. With a multitude of issues concerning agriculture currently on Capitol Hill, Senator Saxby Chambliss says... It's an urgent call to action. Chambliss, the ranking member of the Senate Agriculture Committee, says that considering the issues such as climate change, food safety, and water regulations, it's more important than ever for producers to be aware and communicate with their representatives. It's critically important that folks stay plugged in because uh, we listen to, to people who call in. We... We read emails and we get reports from our staff on a daily basis about what people are interested in and what they're saying when they're calling in. So I just can't overstate the importance of communication by your listeners, uh, irrespective of what state they live in, with their members of the House and members of the Senate on these agricultural issues that are important to them. Senator Chambliss adds that rural representation is shifting. We're having fewer and fewer truly rural legislators that are serving our country today. In the Senate, every state currently has a large agricultural segment that's represented by a senator, but Chambliss notes that could change. We take a census every 10 years, and the congressional districts are changing um, based upon the population of, in each state. And we're going to see more and more congregation of people in metropolitan areas, which means that rural congressional districts across the country are going to become fewer and fewer. That means we're going to have more metropolitan members of the House of Representatives and fewer um, uh, districts that are really considered agriculturally oriented districts. Some current legislation working through Congress with agricultural implications include the American Clean Energy and Security Act and the Clean Water Restoration Act. Speaking of the Senate, Randall Wiseman has this report. There's a group of senators asking U.S. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack to make changes to the Livestock Indemnity Program. Iowa's Chuck Grassley is one of those, as he said some of the rules fail to follow basic common sense. Example, non-adult beef animals are separated into weights ranging less than 400 pounds and 400 pounds or more. Many of the death losses this year have occurred from extreme heat, which has killed heavy steers and heifers in feedlots which can weigh more than 1,000 pounds. However, the weight class of 400 pounds and above would not come close to covering a 75% market value payment for livestock in these higher ranges, which are close to market weight. Grassley believes if the program is administered correctly, it can take care of producers. We need this division between light and heavy increased. So that uh, when, uh, you know, a 1,200-pound steer dies from heat, there's going to be reabortion according to what uh, it's worth. He said the letter will encourage USDA to utilize monthly or quarterly price points to more precisely determine fair market value payment rates for lost animals instead of setting payment rates based on nationwide prices for the previous calendar year. Well, as we get a little closer to home, we take a look at some of the events that took place during the 4th Annual Farm to Fuel Summit. Well, the 4th Annual Farm to Fuel Summit wraps up today, and Governor Charlie Crist and Agriculture Commissioner Charlie Bronson were both on hand to address the biggest stakeholders in bioenergy while discussing the state of the development of renewable energy in Florida and where it should be headed. Environmentalists who earlier this year lobbied the legislature to require power companies to produce more electricity from renewable and clean 
funding sources, like biofuel, were also at the conference to discuss Florida's vast potential for biofuels. And Commissioner Bronson took the summit as an opportunity to announce the state's proactive role aimed at increasing the use of higher blends of renewable biofuels, like ethanol, in flex fuel vehicles through the launching of a national consumer awareness campaign aimed at owners of the vehicles. The project is a cooperative effort between key Florida state government interests, gasoline E85 distributors, ethanol companies, and several nonprofit environmental and energy advocacy groups. Florida currently has 30 E85 stations in the state with 500,000 flex fuel vehicles on the road. And auto dealers in the state are expected to sell millions more in the next few years. With more than 8 million flex fuel vehicle owners in the U.S., project organizers say the program will be duplicated in states across the country and could play a key role in meeting national renewable fuel use requirements. And as we wrap up for this week, Everett Griner lets us know that farmers still grow more than food. Dine in a fancy white tablecloth restaurant or go to the drive-in window of a fast food establishment. Farmers supply the food you eat. But you know today farmers are doing a lot more than that. Cups, plates, forks, spoons, they're now made from farm-raised products. Farm products are now used in construction materials. And a number of lubricants and fuels come from farm-raised materials. In fact, there are 3,700 items in use in this country today that's what's listed as bio-based products, from cleaning fluids to soy oil lubricants. The federal government keeps a list of this stuff, old and new, that replaces that once made from petroleum. And now listen, a cup or a plate or a fork made from a corn-based product will disintegrate in six to nine months. One made of plastic will endure for 500 years. Yes, it's good for farmers, but it's better for the rest of us. And remember, you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Julie McPeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.